This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, listeners. I'm Allie, and this is Quad Pro Quo. As always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Tammy. Hello. Matt. Hello there. And Guido. Hi. We are a film podcast inspired by the quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs. Each month we pick a theme and each week one of us picks a movie that falls within that theme. And we are in week two of Stephen King month. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky. Spooky, which is Matt's pick. My pick for week one was It Chapter One. But before we get to Matt's pick, guys... I have some lists for you. Do you Ooh, like lists? I love, I love lists. lists. It's the reason I like High Fidelity so much. I love to rank things. Okay. So last... And that's th- top in the most overrated John Cusack movie ever. High Fidelity? Yeah. Oh, I like High Fidelity. I know. I know. Okay. It's not my favorite John Cusack movie, that's for sure. So uh, last year, Shudder, which is a, stre- a horror movie streaming uh, service, which is really good, did this list of 101 scariest movie moments. So not scariest, not the whole movie, just a moment in the movie, basically. So I compiled a list of all the Stephen King movies that are on the list. Does anyone want to guess how many are on the list? Uh, ten. Yeah, I would say ten. Because there's, wow. I think there's 38 Stephen King yeah, but not books all, made into a movie. Yeah, but not all of them would yeah. be Not all of them would Unless be scary. You, no, no, I know. But I think I'm going to guess ten. Okay. Because number, and then of course, yeah, if, you know, Shawshank will probably be the on the The scariest list one is about 18 wheelers. Uh, well, <laughs> you all would have gone over because there was eight on the oh. list. Well, so it's pretty mm. close though. Uh, so Salem's Lot was 99. Oh, with the little kid in the yeah, window? Yeah. yeah. Matt, your pick is number 80. Nice. Okay. 74 was Cujo. 53 was Gerald's Game. Ooh. The ungloving Ah, uh, that's... Uh. 52 was Misery. 26 was It Chapter 1, 19 was Carrie, and 6 was The Shining. Wow. What is the top five, I'm wondering? The top five of all time? Yeah. I was going to do the top ten. Oh, okay. I actually okay. really like this list because I love horror movies, and a lot of times it's the same horror movie over and over. It's the same. It's it's the same top three. It's always like, not to speak ill of Jaws, but it's always like Psycho, Jaws. Like the original. Like yeah, the- like... Alien yeah. a lot of the time. It's it's like when VH1 used to do those music lists and the Beatles and Led it's, Zeppelin yeah. would always be number one. But I really like this list because it had it had really great interviews. Like Mike Flanagan was, was one of the main interviews who we're going to talk about on today's episode. Um, but they had really good lists. Um, and the top ten is as follows. Ringu, which is the Japanese version of the ring. So, yeah. Watching that again. So that this is from 10 to 1? This is from 10 to 1. Okay. Train to Busan. Oh, that's such a good movie. Which is, is that Korean? Yeah, it's yeah, Korean. Cor- oh, because, Bu- yeah, Busan's Korean. Zombies? Yeah, zombies, yes. on, zombies on a train. Very fast moving, very scary, very a, emotional movie. Just imagine Bullet Train, but with zombies. Yes. Mm. Uh, number eight is Sinister, which is an excellent modern horror movie. came out probably within the last 10 years with Ethan Hawke in it. It takes place in Pennsylvania. Wait, Ethan Hawke is in that Ethan movie? Ethan Hawke is in it. Not is the ghost of River Phoenix in it? No. Probably. Uh, number seven is The Exorcist. Number six is The Shining. Number five is Psycho. Number four is Audition, which yeah, I, I don't love. Know that one. Audition is a Japanese horror movie that is one of the most disturbing movies 
the torture scene in the end is horrific, but uh, also very satisfying. It's. I'll just say this: acupuncture needles placed everywhere. And it's to a bad guy. Let's just say an uncaring person who hurts somebody. Oh, indifference is the crime here. Bad. It's indifference. Uh, Basically, I gotta watch it again. It's been a while. So the I watched it in college. The quick premise of the movie is that it's about a rich guy who is trying to find his next wife. His wife died, so he holds auditions like he's casting for a movie, but he's really casting for his next girlfriend slash wife. And he meets this very lovely, very young, very pretty girl. And things seem to go well, and then he just stops calling her, and that's not very nice. And the girl maybe is mentally unstable. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Japanese. Um, she ghosted him back. It's no, a Jap- it's like Let's a Japanese. She uses what? What is that? Like a? It's like a cheese cut. Like a like a cheese cutter, and saws his foot off. That, it's like it's like it's like what? It's like. Uh, it's like really sharp, smiling the entire time. Really sharp wire or something, right? Yeah, like like you would use to like. Sometimes people use it to like cut through like cheese. really hard cheese. Yeah, like a like a wire. I can go through bone. Oh, yeah, if you if you do it long enough. <laughs> Ouch! It's really good, but it's very. There's another disturbing scene with a guy in the bag. Oh yeah, Ugh. so creepy. Okay, you so know that, what? Yeah, maybe next. You know, when it's a we're good all, one. when we're all sitting down to watch a movie together, non podcast yeah. related, we can just watch it. But you'd have to read it, so I know Greedo will hate it. So this is the top three, which I was I was actually really impressed with, because again, newer horror movies were picked. Uh, number three was Hereditary, which I know you guys will think is scary. <laughs> but. It's a pretty funny movie. Number two was The Thing. Nice. Excellent. Does anyone want to guess what number one is? I think you already know, so I won't. No, you, I didn't you don't know? That. I okay. Didn't, I didn't you watch this. Uh, number one is? Oh, um, it's a Return to Oz. No. Oh. It's unfortunate. Is it? It's a 70s horror movie. I'll give you that. Okay, so the birds. No, it's sixties. <laughs> it's Superman two when he throws that plastic S at the bad guys, and then nobody knows what happened to it. No, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There you go. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Noise. Yes. Yeah. Which I like. I watched. I rewatched the list because I, I did watch it last year, and I wasn't expecting Texas Chainsaw Massacre because that's always on lists, but it's never usually number one. You can watch that on Shutter. It's really good. Really good interviews. Lots mm-hmm. of people from Mike Flanagan movies. Speaking of Mike Flanagan, Matt, what's your pick for well, Stephen King one? Well, like I said last week, uh, my movie came out in 2019. It was directed by Mike Flanagan, who you people might know from, uh, he directed Oculus. He also directed the other Stephen King adaptation, Gerald's Game. But he's also more known for his television shows for Netflix mm-hmm. as of right now. Um, you know, like The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and of course, Midnight Mass. Yep. Uh, it was, of course, based on a book written by uh, Stephen King, but adapted the screenplay was adapted by Mike Flanagan. It is starring quad pro quo alum, Mr. Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. who you may know from Big Fish, Train Spotting, and, you know, just a character, a little known character, uh, Obi Wan fucking Kenobi. All right. <laughs> Also, Rebecca Ferguson, um, you know her from Mission Impossible movies, uh, The Greatest Showman. and she's, more. Also, she's also on The Girl on the Train, which I was watching today and realized that was Rebecca Ferguson. And most recently, <laughs> of course, she's uh, Dune. That's her most important role, just saying. Remember, she's also in that terrible movie, The Snowman, that they did on How Did This Get Made? <laughs> I still haven't actually watched <laughs> oh that movie. So but Wait, Is that got the Keaton in it? That no. one? No, no, no. It's got the... No, uh, that's 
Jack Frost. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. The 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 snowman. Uh, it has uh, Michael Fassbender and um, Val Kilmer. So it did have a Batman. In you it. just have to listen to the How This Get Made episode. It is one of the funniest episodes they've ever done. It is the craziest movie. Just listening to them describe it, you're mm-hmm. like, what is this movie? It's hilarious. <laughs> And also uh, Kylie or Kaylee, I don't Karen. This is her first movie, and she's also known for TV and stuff. Uh, my movie is Doctor Sleep. You're magic, like me. I need you to listen to me. The world's a hungry place, a dark place. Hi there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. I don't know about magic. I I always called it The Shining. Just another little fact that, you know, it had a $45 million estimated budget, made a little bit over $72 million worldwide, and it's currently sitting at a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. Nice. So, going around the room, have you seen it? What were your thoughts about my pick? Allie. I have seen it. I have read the book. I was excited to watch it again. I'm a huge Mike Flanagan fan. I think he is... An amazing director. Are you a fanigan? I'm a fanigan. Fanigan again. again. God, I hate the way that sounds. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a thing. If it is, uh, just, it better be. I just, I, I made it. You, you heard it, it first. Um, I just love his stuff. <laughs> Tammy. I had not seen it. Um, Do you even hear of the book or anything? Or, mm-mm. but you at least like you know when I said last week, it's a sequel to The Shining, so you have at least seen that. So, right? yeah, okay. I, I didn't know. Where, like, I watched the teaser on IMDb, and I was like, oh, God, what is this going to be? And is this... I pre-warned you on stuff, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I I, wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Uh, Guido, have you seen it? What were your thoughts? No, I haven't seen it, because I just told myself I probably wouldn't like a sequel to The Shining. Oh, yeah, okay. that's... I... It's probably I... my initial uh, thought so as well. I have actively avoided it until now. I think that was people's thoughts when the book was going to come out. Yeah, like, I think that was, for me personally, that was when, like, um, I was doing a lot of driving, like, for my job. So I got an Audible account, and I was just on a Stephen King kick. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, shit, he's doing a sequel to The Shining? What? So then I re-listened to The Shining. Again, we're we're just going to rip this Band-Aid. Yes, the movie and the book are very different. Just like this movie and this book are very different. Uh, Stephen King doesn't like The Shining movie. You know, the Stanley Kubrick one. But um, yeah, then I listened to it and I'm just like, oh shit, they're making a movie about it. And of course, it's got my boy in it. I was just so happy. Sans accent, though. I know, but you know. And Stephen King likes Dr. Sleep. He's a he, um, and Mike Flanagan. I'm assuming are, I don't know if they're friends, but they have a very good working relationship because I think they are very similar in the way that yes. they approach projects. Even even Mike Flanagan's like stuff, his own stuff, his out own of his, stuff, yeah. you know, out of his own head. Like Midnight Mass, I it it felt like a Stephen King. Oh, thing. it's so good. I loved Midnight Mass. It was so good. I did not watch Midnight Mass either. Oh, uh, you should. Is oh, that about so the vampire good. priest? It's, it's yes. a series, okay. though, so you really have to, like, commit to it. 
And it's all out. You know me, commitment, babe. I'm it's, not a fan. And it's all out now, so you could just watch you could it. Binge it. It's only like six episodes. I think it's eight. I think it's eight, yeah. Oh, it's really good. But it's it's only one season, so you you yeah. do the eight yeah, episodes. It, it's and then you're done. Yeah. Okay. And there's definitely not going to be a sequel. Oh, no. There, can't, <laughs> there literally cannot be. So... <laughs> It's a pretty definitive ending. Unlike yeah. Stephen King books, it ends. It is <laughs> really well. So they so all die. <laughs> like, like I said, this is a sequel to The Shining. Just some notes about that firsthand. Stephen King first got the idea for Dr. Sleep in 1998 when at a book signing when somebody asked him what happened to Danny Torrance. And Stephen King was Danny like... Danny Torrance. Stephen King was just like, hey, that's a, that's a good question. He, he would like joke around and say that he uh, ended up marrying Drew Barrymore from Firestarter. I don't remember that character's <laughs> name. But then he was like, man, what, what did happen? Like, he had never even given that a thought. The and, man who thinks of everything didn't think of what happened to his character from his arguably most famous book. He also was like, and you know, also what would have happened if um, Jack Torrance, the dad from The Shining, if he found help, like if he went to AA? Because, you know, he's, oh, okay. a, he's like an alcoholic in The Shining. And Stephen King, of course, was also famously known for his battles with addiction. He then was like, there does seem to be, in an interview about this book, there does seem to be a genetic predisposition to alcoholism. That's the nature part. The nurture part is if you grow up in a household that's a lot of drinking, you have a tendency to become one yourself. So I wanted to see if there was a way to escape that. The Shining was like his white knuckle approach to sobriety, he said. Okay. He's trying to just do it himself, you know, like, I, I, I don't need any help. I don't need anything like that. And in this one, this is like a total 180, like seeking help and, you know, going to Alcoholics Anonymous and asking for help. Yeah. Asking for help. So and receiving th- help, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, Accepting and receiving. Mm-hmm. Help. I think this whole I was thinking about it today. I think this whole movie is really about addiction in so many different kind of ways, like mm-hmm. obviously substance addiction and then when we start talking about the knot, their addiction to the steam mm-hmm. and then and youth grief can be an addiction, um, you know, like loneliness and depression can be an addiction and like things like like you become addicted to sometimes what you get attention off of sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not sometimes. I think all the times. And even if it's like a negative thing, it becomes so addictive sometimes for the attention you get off of it. I know so, all about negative. I liked attention. how yeah. they also live like they they live off of fear of others, and there are so many people that live by that. Oh yeah, absolutely. The movie starts. It starts in Florida, nineteen eighty, yeah. with a child abduction. Oh yeah, that little girl from the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, from the you know Mike Flanagan alum. I didn't get her name, but we're also introduced to the main baddie, who is aptly named Rose the Hat. Rebecca Ferguson. I am obsessed with her. Can like I she, just say? I think she is one of the greatest Stephen King villains. Oh, yeah. She's a great villain. And she's incredibly captivating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something just about her. I feel that way about her in Dune, too. About Rebecca Ferguson. But also about Rose the Hat. There's something, like, alluring about she's her. She's very pretty eyes. It's mm-hmm. She's just, like, just striking. I don't know. And I watched her in an interview. She's very cool. In, too. like... I pictured her a little different in the book when I read it, but I think Ferguson did a great job of Mm -hmm. this. So we find out, I mean, we don't know the supernatural aspect of it yet, but we like, she's just like, oh, what's your name? And then they're just hanging out. People start like gathering. It keeps 
cutting back and forth and there's like more people in the woods which is like super creepy super creepy about it then they take her you don't really see what they do to her yeah. but it's not good <laughs> and then we cut to the famous overlook you know from the shining it took a lot of convincing mike flanagan it took a lot of convincing stephen king that despite the fact that king hates the kubrick version it would be a, it makes a lot more sense to make a sequel to the movie than a sequel to the book. Yeah, you know it had it had to be a sequel to the Shining movie. Yeah, because you know key differences. Uh, spoiler alert for like a twenty year old or a what forty year old book now. Too soon. Ooh, <laughs> Fifty. The point, the probably. overlook the overlook like burned down. It blows up. Yeah, yeah it blows up. Dick Halloran isn't dead. Yeah, it doesn't die in the book. And. Whole bunch of other crazy shenanigans. If you've only ever seen the movie, highly recommend you go read. They'd have to retcon things. Oh yeah, just doesn't work. (coughs) Star Wars. Somehow. (laughs) Somehow. Jack returned. Somehow Somehow the Overlook. Oh, Halloran returned. (laughs) Such great writing. Such great writing. That's what happens when you completely go rogue from the book to the movie. And then also, even according to Ewan McGregor, the biggest challenge to make a sequel would be, oh, would be uh, walking the line to to try and satisfy both, uh, both fan groups, like the books, the book lovers and the movie lovers. And, um, King said he liked this. He liked this adaptation, so I guess yeah. they uh, they did a good job. So it cuts because you know it cuts to the famous Overlook. I mean, obviously it's not the same kid because you know the movie it's a different kid playing Danny. Did a really good job though. Yeah, yeah, and the the mom too. Oh, oh. looks just like her. Casting's pretty spot on. Yeah. and sounds she just sounds like just, her. just like hi. The, yeah, the no, it's the Danny. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, it was spot on. She's too. in Midnight Mash. She's a Flanagan person. She reminds so there's me a lot of, of Flanagan oh. people in this movie that she he uses all the time. She reminds me of Popeye's uh, girlfriend. That's that's her. Shelley that's Shelley Duvall. Okay. Yeah, same person. Okay, cool. Does that when you use the same actors in many of your movies, do you feel like that makes you appreciate the actor for their talent more because they have such different range of characters they can play i think i feel like it highlights that for me as a viewer but it also like in a in a way it makes like a good just like a cohesive group like you know Mm -hmm. what you're expecting like i appreciate it quite a bit and and mike flanagan uses the same people a lot even if it's just a little small part Mm -hmm. and i think it's just i think it's actually like kind of fun to be like oh i know that person from bly Mm -hmm. manor or haunting of hill house or this and then kind of like keeps everything and they all know how to work well together they all have a, like a rapport so they're going to act well together and so yeah i, like I need samuel jackson in quentin tarantino movies oh yeah or i need it yeah. or like denzel washington in spike lee movies like when i you know yeah when i met spike lee in college and we interviewed <laughs> brag him, humble brag you know humble brag. Well, at the was, bookstore no no no. it was a felt like um he was there to do a speech for black history month oh okay and part of his deal is whenever he does a public speaking event he wanted to have like a small like get together event with like film students and stuff like that and my professor got me into it and that's awesome. just got to sit there and like shoot the shit with Spike. And I and we were talking to him. I was talking to him and like saying this, like the whole when you get a certain rapport with like certain actors, do you like keep working with same people? Because I think his uh, his war movie just came out that miracle at whatever miracle of St. Anna. And um, he so was like good. a whole new cast pretty much. And yeah. He, he was like, well, you know, it's it goes both ways. But, you know, you got somebody like Denzel. 
Yes, he does get Denzel kind of a... <laughs> and then he loves was just, Denzel. He loves Denzel. Everybody does. Yeah. Even Cinda. Well, the equalizer. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that that was a dream that Danny was having. And it seems that the Overlook isn't quite done with him yet because he has to go to the bathroom. Opens the door and the creepy ghost lady from... From Barbarian? Ba- from room 237. From room 237 is in the bathtub. Little Miss Putrid Bush. Because he shines so strong. He shines really strong. Yeah. So they follow him. Well, and fortunately, other ghosts come back too. This is freaking him out. He's still freaked out. He hasn't apparently spoken since they left the Overlook, according to Wendy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Post-traumatic stress. So he's sitting there, and who shows up but Dick O'Hall- Dick Halloran. Is it O'Halloran? No, it's, I think it's just Halloran. Everyone says O'Halloran. I know. I it's like. a, but, um, he gives him more advice on how to fight these ghosts. He wants him to create this little box. I want you to know this box inside and out. Don't just look at it. Touch it. Stick your nose inside and see if there's a smell. Know every corner, every single thing. Why? Because you're going to build one just like it in your mind. Lock them away in a box in your mind, basically, is yeah, what he's saying. Like a like a, a mind yeah. Put them mi- away, don't think mm-hmm. about them. Yeah, trap them in this box and, and then and the then box. we're also we're also reminded that of course Dick is dead because we hear Wendy doing the whole Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Don't do that, Doc. Where'd and, you run off to? And and of course the bench is empty because and you know, you get that recurring heartbeat, like the tension building. Yeah. Like the boop 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 almost sounds like the bubba. Baba. Got me thinking about Barbarian again. I kind of wanted to watch that again. It, she reminds me of her so much. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uncanny resemblance. <laughs> so now uh, he he goes and he takes care of the ghost lady in the tub, and we cut to thirty-one years later. We're Danny now we're now in intru- mess. We're now introduced to adult Danny, who goes by Dan. Dan's having a bit of a rough patch, as you know, he's succumbed to alcoholism like his dad. Oh, he's pulling bar skags. Yeah, and I guess he just had a he had a one night stand, and I guess he was hitting his bottom. He hit his bottom. This he hit her bottom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, like, coke, and then waking up next to a bar skag who was thrown up everywhere, and then a baby coming out of nowhere, mm. a dirty baby with a full diaper, well, and he, just uh, he was gonna rip her off too. Like yeah, he was gonna take her money. He did he take did, her money. Yeah, he did take her money. Didn't because he, he's like he put some well, of she, it back. He's like, she took mine. It's like, no, you spent it all on coke, douche. She like, took my, but he, you know, for all we know, he coke. didn't do any coke. Coke. <laughs> and another uh, fun, well, not a fun fact, an interesting fact. Ewan McGregor is roughly the same age as Danny. Cool. Oh no, no, I mean, two years older than the actor that played Danny in the first one. Okay. Oh. oh, he's also now five years older than Jack Nicholson was when he made this movie. There was also a few other people that were uh, cast to be. I mean, that were potentially to be Danny. Who? Anybody want to? Um, guesses? Ooh, okay. okay. Uh, um, John Hamm. No. Bradley Cooper. No. With or without a nose prosthetic. No, not a nose prosthetic. Without. I feel like John Hamm would have been good. Okay, wait. Jason Bateman. Wait. No. Um, that? Jay- not that. Jason Sudeikis. I wouldn't hate no. Bateman. Ted Lasso as a drunk. Jason Bateman's a good guess. Hobo? Jason Bateman actually could be something good. Steve yeah. Carell. 
No. No. Steve no. Carell can do serious, Are we in the man. right, Are we in the right no. lane somewhere? No. No. Where no. should we veer off to? Well, I'm just going to say it. Okay. No, no. One more. One more. One more? Give, Give us a clue. clue. Marvel. <laughs> Captain Robert America? Downey Jr.? Jeremy Chris, Renner. Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner were two I don't people like considered. either of those. I don't like either uh, of them. There's also Dan Stevens. I don't know who that is. Oh, I know who Dan Stevens is. Is he a, flan- is he a fan again? I don't know. He's not a fan again. It's not going to catch on, dude. And also, and also uh, Matt Smith. As Dan Torrance. Oh, Dan Stevens is from uh, Downton Abbey. He's uh, the cousin, the one that dies in the car crash that le- marries Lady Mary. Oh, yeah. he's so handsome. Yeah. And like his character in this film, Ewan McGregor is a recovering alcoholic. Yes. This was one of the aspects that probably clinched him the role because he said he wanted to try and, you know, exploring recovery in a film. Like, good for well, him. Yeah, good for him. That's a lot for him to take on. We're also, I mean, a lot of introductions. We got a lot of players in this movie now. So uh, we're also introduced to Snakebite Andy. She's the, you know, the the girl that's... Um, oh, she's the girl, the blonde girl who looks like girl. a 1920s silent film actress. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she's in, she was in the, the reboot of Gossip Girl that was on Max. And she's also in um, this movie called The Babysitter on Netflix that has um, Samara Weaving in it. She's in the, both of them. Yeah. And we find out that she kind of, she has psychic abilities too because she's uh she's hustling um potential kitty rapists. So she can know. make them do what she wants by just whispering in their ear. Mm-hmm. She's doing the lord's work at this point. I like yeah. it, man. That's a dope power. Yeah. Hush. And they're just Give me your money. They're just sitting okay. there watching watching Casablanca. And unbeknownst to her, she's being watched by the true knot. And who's the who's the guy? Like the uh, indigenous, he looks like an indigenous person. Crow Daddy. Crow Daddy. That's his. That's his character's name. Okay. Right? I didn't. I there, like, what? There wasn't that much to him, like film wise, so I didn't really look him up. Okay. Like he's there. He's kind of their tracker, like the the True Knots tracker. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that goes and finds where their targets are or any potential, you know, recruits. Food. Food slash recruits. Because that's what that's what they do with Snakebite Andy. Because they need her power. They need her because she could sit there and be like, she can suggest, you know, their prey. Next introduction is we're just at a birthday party with this little girl. We don't know we don't know her name yet. Sorry. She presumably has psychic powers, apparently so powerful that she gets somehow she sets off both Dan. And Rose the Hat, like simultaneously. They're all connected. Like her name's Abra. Abra. Yeah, which was cool because there was a magician at her yeah, birthday party. Yeah, Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. I think it's cute. I do too. I like it. And she's so cool. She's a cool little girl. Yeah. She's wise beyond her years. Yeah. And you said in the book, it's she's a she's a little white girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like that they switch that up. Dan ends up in Fraser, New Hampshire, where he meets Billy Freeman who's played by Cliff Curtis. You may know him <laughs> as the, hey, we need a brown that guy in a I lot of movies. I say he's a racially ambiguous character actor. And then we looked it up. He's like Maori? He's from New Zealand. He's, he's, he's Maori, but he's usually cast as either like an Arab terrorist or a Mexican drug dealer. He's yeah, Maori. He, he was one of those in True Lies. Yep. No, he was. No, he's not in True Lies. He's in. He's a Mexican. He's a. He's, he's listed a, in the cast of True Lies. Oh, then he. Oh, pro- okay. okay. Sorry, he's a Hispanic head. drug dealer in Training Day. Training Day. He's a Colombian terrorist in Collateral Damage, <laughs> and then he's also like a cartel man in 
traffic. Yeah, so, but he's from New Zealand. <laughs> he meets he meets him, and you know he's like fresh off the bus. He's basically got the the shakes. You know he's he's going through his DTs. With, yeah, DTs. He was and, actually he was in the Meg Two. I was watching it earlier. Today. I was also watching the Meg and Two, and he was today. in the Meg Two. Yes, is he in the first Meg? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know why what compelled me to watch the second one after Carrie. Oh, I stopped halfway through. It was really bad. It's not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Vin will love it. We find out that Billy is is a recovering alcoholic. He gets Dan an apartment, and he also gets him into AA. For how much? A week? Wasn't it like $85 a week? You just you were like, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, good it's, deal. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> that's a, amazing. It's, a, it's quite a big room. I mean, it's, it's not a, an apartment. It's like it's a room he, in a house. He has a bathroom, though. It's true. It's an ensuite. Yeah, it's, and the guy's like, sometimes I see people, I collect cool people. You seem like has, a cool person. He, he can tell people. Here's yeah. the deal. I think he has, like, because even like it comes a little bit later when he's explaining it to Abra. He says everyone, there's a lot of people that have a little bit of shine, mm-hmm. and I think that what's his name, Billy? Yeah, Billy is one of those people that has a little bit of shine. He can tell about people that they are good something people, like a little bit about him. He's he not makes him a, full yeah. shine, but he's he like, has a little bit of something. He's like, that guy's he's, a good person. Yeah, I think he just knows. Yeah. Then we cut back to Snakebite Andy. She's being made into one of the members of the True Knot, which we find out that their whole backstory kind of, they're like... They all shine. They're, they're they are immortal. walking bong rips, and they're this is what immortal. happens when you don't exhale. Yeah, not immortal, but they are preserved. Eat well, live long. It's it's just, it was really funny because after Allie said it, I can't unsee it now. She's like... What did I say? <laughs> what I wrote, and then I wrote it down. There's some sort of psychic energy vampires. Yeah. Like Colin, like Rob- Colin Robinson. Like Colin Robinson from what, what we, we do, do in the shadows. shadows. That's what they do. Energy vampires. They're energy vampires. <laughs> yeah. Except they kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas Colin Robinson just bores you to death. <laughs> well, he doesn't. And they don't just kill you. They torture you. And they well, turn the you into a hookah. Fear and makes the steam. Pain purifies pain the steam. Pain purifies the steam. Which is what they suck out of the people. But. They're making Snakebite Andy one of them. Yeah. They're all yeah. full of jazz lettuce. <laughs> They've so, just been smoking so all here's that's, that's what I'm talking about. Why would you... What would make them determine whether they would eat someone or keep them? The power. Like, yeah. Like the gift. Because it, we learn that like there are less and less people with shine. True. So it's harder and harder to find food. Yeah, yeah. She's got a little cupboard like, with like what she collected. Like there's Godzilla in there. For later, can't they just eat the like the one of the popes themselves, like the old people? I don't they know. do later. Well, no, I think they 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 turn Andy because her power is going to help them get in people. the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So the old well, he's been around forever. Don't have as much power anymore. Yeah. Well, this, when you, you think? D- when you're not eating as much, which mm-hmm. they she says it later. She says like. We haven't eaten well in a long time. And when they say eat, they mean the steam. Because they eat food, too. Time to pop open one of those Coptic jars. But if they're not eating, there's less steam in the world. And so they are slowly dying. You need a steam generator. That's, yeah. You'd think, though, if there was less people in your group, then you'd have more food. That's true. But, you know, but they it's also all about have family. Some, yeah. They're like, they're like. Fast and Furious. It's all about, it's all about family. 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 Dan also, through the program, meets John Dalton, who's played by Bruce Greenwood, another very prolific he's a that fo- guy. He's a fan again. Yeah. He's in Gerald's game. 
And uh, also, he's also in the new, uh, sorry, the new um, one that's coming out in a couple weeks on Netflix. It's uh, the Fall of the House of Usher. Well, by the time this I'm, comes out, it should be. Oh, out. it should be out. Yeah, it's Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, and Mark Hamill is in it. Mm. He was also a National Treasure too. He played the president. Yes, he did. Wait, wasn't he in Double Jeopardy? Yes, he was. He was Ashley Judd's terrible husband. Yes, yes. Love and that movie. And he tends to play um, John F. Kennedy quite a bit. Is it Jesus? He does a really good Smarmy Louisiana dick. accent. He does. It was so good. He helps him out. Like, I guess he lost his watch or something. And the doc- the doctor uh, returns the favor and gets him a job working at a hospice. Yes. And if you guys didn't notice, another, you know, like an Easter egg sort of, well, it's pretty blatant, so it's not an Easter egg. The office. Egg. The office is, is an exact replica of the office that Jack Torrance interviewed in in The Shining. Yeah. Mm. It's an exact replica. Mm-hmm. You have uh, you have powers to read people's minds. Let's put you in a, a hospice. Yeah. Well, he didn't know that he had it's powers fucking... to read people's minds. He, he, was he just told like... very clearly where brain his cancer. Was. Yeah, but he just you know some people so, know things. You sometimes. know the cat knows. The cat knows. Who's Animals next? always know, man. Yeah, things seem to be going okay for Dan. He has this job at the hospice, and he meets this cat. He's sober. Who apparently he's a has, terrible mopper. He has a psychic. <laughs> he has a psychic ability. The cat has a psychic ability of knowing when people are going to die. So yeah. But then he's sitting. Dan sits there now and uses his shine to help people like pass not be away. scared. Yeah. Well, also not be scared mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. when they pass over. And which is a very nice gesture. It kind of made me a little emotional just being a geriatric nurse yeah and like being a person that has been in the same seat as ewan mcgregor was like helping people pass yeah it was very like i got a little choked up watching it yeah this movie's emotional so and, and now i mean it jumps like eight years he's eight years sober now he gets occasional messages on his chalkboard in the in the apartment his 85 dollar a week bedroom he get. <laughs> Yeah, Stephen King. What the hell? You still think that's $85? Maybe in New Hampshire, man. I don't know. Maybe they didn't change the rate for inflation in 2011, 19. I don't know. And he's, yeah, he still gets occasional messages from the psychic girl. The first time it was just, it just said hello with a smiley face. And he writes back and like, they, they have a little bit of a correspondence. It's kind of like the lake house. Aw. Sure. (laughs) We love Keanu. Yes, we do. I saw that in the theaters. Right, Jesus Guido? Christ. Yeah, The Matrix is, I mean, you will watch it at some point on this pod. Did you watch The Lake House? I did. No. Oh, it's God, so it's bad. so awful. No. That's another good Is that the one where they're sending each other letters? With Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Back that's in an, time. Yeah. That's another I'm good how did this get made bullshit episode. Bullshit that was. Yeah. So I did see that box. nonsense. It was awful. The woman who plays Abra's mom is in another good horror movie called The House of the Devil by Ty, by Ty West. I mean, the same can't be said for the true knot, though. They're, they haven't, they've fallen on lean times, hard times. Yeah. They're desperate to find a new supply of steam, which they do find in this boy in Iowa Ugh. named Brad. He's played by Jacob Tremblay, who you may remember from that movie, Room. room. This was the warning that we gave Tammy pre before watching this. I'm just like, well, this is the scene that the Doctor Sleep was on that that list I referenced earlier in the episode. This was the scene, and apparently, this scene was a lot longer. Ugh. 
And Mike Flanagan's wife, who is in um, Katie, I think it's Katie Siegel, who's in a lot of his movies, basically was like, you got to cut this down, man. Like, you he, can't torture a child for I any more Steve, than two and a half minutes. Stephen King even watched the movie and just with what you see in the movie, he even said to him, he was like, dude, that was rough. Like, yes, because you don't even see anything either. They don't show... They show blood, but they don't show like no. the actual stabbing so you hear a or kid anything. Begging for his life. They show the screaming as he's being and it's torn apart. Awful. You know they're like pulling. They do show that she's like twisting. Oh, they're pulling organs out. You know they are. Guts. Yeah, they're guts. Like it shows them, but they're trying shoving to, their hands in his open gaping wound. They're trying to torture him for as long as they can yeah. to, get to get the, the steam to without the most, killing yeah, him. They're sticking the their and, fingers in his thighs. And you know the time has passed so slowly. Because you can see the sun rising. Yes. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of it's when he awful. expires. I mean, it's just awful. They've been at it a while. The it's screams a, and oh, it was he's, just so hard. He's really just, good. That kid is real good. Like, I, I thought it was way too long and unnecessary. And I can't even believe you're telling me that there was more. Like four <laughs> times as much. I, I, I think from the... from. What I read or what I watched on that on that show, I think they said it was like a good two or three minutes longer, like a, a wow. good five minute scene. No, of did, they, did they like string him up like a pinata and like? No, smack him? I just think it was longer. <laughs> I don't. A, I'm not sure. Was he like a ketchup? Was he like a ketchup bottle? They're they're smacking his his butt. So the steam yeah, comes the steam out. comes out. That's when they break out the straws. It it was it was terrible. It was it's a lot. It's a tough scene to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, Rebecca Ferguson and then is I not... couldn't stop thinking about Bette Midler. I would, th- I would think what? that it would... Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, what? <sighs> Don't you think it would end up sounding like the kind of like the like. bottom of a milkshake? Like <laughs> they're sucking the soul. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson, real uh, in an interview about this movie, said she doesn't like horror. Nor does she like violence directed at children in films, but she made a happy exception for this movie. A happy exception. She's the one doing it. Too. Maybe it was Sorry. the kid. Like maybe he said something rude to her. Yeah. And she was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I will murder him on camera. The the ritualistic murder causes a reaction so powerful from both Dan and the girl. We find out her name is Abra because she like wakes up screaming. And she's like thirteen at this point. Yeah, because. She had such a strong reaction, and because she's so powerful with her shine, Rose is now aware of Abra. Yeah, she's like, we got, we had a looker, yeah, or something, something like that. And she's like, oh, she's so, it's so powerful. So powerful. And so she's not pure. close. She's, I love she's the way far she away. Mm-hmm. I love everything about her. I love mm-hmm. her outfits. She gets to wear yoga pants and big sweaters and a, silly and hat. a hat, and she's lives in that awesome camper that's decorated so nicely. And it's got a yoga pad on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, she's dope. Except, you know, she's a cannibalistic child murderer. But. Well, you know, I don't really like kids that much either. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't come over sucking my kids' souls, okay? Uh, you know, Rose is aware of Abra, and she's like, she's a whale. She's like, you know... In steam quantity, basically. She'll, yeah. she'll come back. Pounds yeah. of steam. And they, she got that fire, dog. They want her. Because I think, I remember when we were watching it together, but I watched it again while I was taking notes. I, I do remember you guys were like, what the fuck? This has only been an hour? <laughs> like, we are only an hour into this movie. Dude, this is a long movie. Well, it's, I, a ver- it's a very long I movie. Said, I said this, because I when he came home, he said that you guys probably said that. And I was like, the thing about... 
Stephen King books and what I like about Mike Flanagan why I think he's so good at adapting them is he takes the time to build the world you can't just throw people in and be like have fun if this came out in 99 it would be two DVDs we wouldn't know what was going on you have to spend the time it would be to a- introduce the audience <laughs> two DVDs you're ridiculous this would be a three VHS you'd set. have to stop in yeah, the middle it would and put in a new DVD <laughs> But yeah, you have to like. <laughs> this is a pee break right here. Intermission. Intermission. Speaking of, of which, intermissions. Oh let's yeah. Pause. Let's pause and find out about another podcast that's part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Be right back. Hi, I'm Marissa. Hi, I'm Alicia, and we are just dropping in to let you know that we are doing literally what everyone else you know is doing: starting a podcast. Hell yeah! And it's called I Need Some. Creep. Yeah, we will be talking about horror movies that we love, horror movies that we hate, and mm-hmm. making some pretty inappropriate jokes along the way. Oh yeah, it's going to be so fun. So fun. So please tune in every Sunday, of the Lord's Day. Yeah, to hear us geek out about horror. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. And we're back. You ever want to crack open a nine-year-old and suck out their soul? No. No. Your kid's Fine. only eight. Be there. Be, be steamless. Be steamless. No shine for you. <laughs> no shine for you. No shine for you. So Abra is now, she knows who these people are too. And because she wants to try and f- figure out what happened to the baseball boy, as she keeps calling it. While doing that, she runs afoul of Rose again. They're like basically having this countrywide psychic like She sees her from, the, from the milk section of the, the grocery store. Get out of my brain. Yes. No, you get out of my brain. She breaks the glass in the yeah the yeah grocery and store. Gets, she gets thrown out of her head mm-hmm. yeah and that's what she says to crow crow daddy crow daddy <sighs> she she pushed me out and he was like what like she he's no one's ever done that to Rose before and again because somehow they're psychically linked Dan is just in the middle of it too I think and he he was just sleeping he's like huh yeah. What your dad's in this movie? Yeah, and now <laughs> and now Rose knows what she looks like because she saw her in the reflection. Yeah, hi there. Yeah, I love the sultriness of her. She's but like, she took one on the chin. The fluidity. Yeah. In the book, there's a lot of which I kind of wish they had put in. The, I mean, it's kind of in there, like the weird sexual orginess when they're all sucking the steam. Yeah, but it's, in yeah, it's the book, there's a Everyone's not long, but there's a quite up. descriptive. Um, scene between her and Snakebite Andy oh, they yeah. have sex yeah, the all, hat and Snakebite Andy yeah Snakebite Andy's actually a lot older in the book too oh she's is like, she I forgot well I mean she's like 15 in this movie so yeah, I think she's like, she's like she looks young but she's like 17 or 18 in the book right I remember and, that yeah, yeah and yeah then you know orgy ensues at the true night well when you're that old man do they just like swap steam no they actually know? have sex they they scissor steam. Oh God! They steam scissor. So there's like a circle, like is ass to mouth steam. Shut up! How would you even do that? There's a 69 steam rotation. Oh my gosh! <laughs> do you think they use the canisters as a dildo? I think they might spin in midair, 69ing and steaming each other. Psychic. <laughs> it's like this is the first ever perpetual motion device. Oh my Picture goodness. It. Pick it up, friend. So Abra skips school. She gets on the bus. and I she feel dri- the heat in my undercarriage. Ah! <laughs> feel that steam coming off my undercarriage? I do. She catches a bus and Suck heads. that in. Because head, they're both. 
Sorry. They're both in New Hampshire. So they meet and they end up having a psychic conversation. I threw in a Star Wars quote, the student has become the master. In his tiny town. In his little tiny town. (laughs) Abra then explains about the baseball boy and enlists Dan to help him to help her find him and go after the true knot. And I don't know if anybody caught that, caught this, but the bench that Dan and Abro were sitting on is the exact same bench that uh, him and Halloran were sitting yeah. on. Oh, I didn't notice. So again, that's oh. neat. It's again, it's like full circle. I noticed like a it's a circle. I noticed. And I don't know if this is intentional. Well, you know, but when Kai she was a wheel, when she was walking nineteen to the park, she went on Elm Street, and I was like, I wonder if that's a nod to. West Craven or something. Yeah, but maybe. It could have just been that it was Elm Street. <laughs> There's a lot of Elm Streets. But like Dan doesn't want any part of it and suggests that she's like, he's like, no, don't don't go after these people. You need to hide. That's what he's done his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got boxes. Boxes. Yeah. But that's also why they don't know about him. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he shines so strong. They should know about him. They should feel him. But he at the time suppresses it. He's well, no, dimmed his light. At, at the time that they would have found him. He was being occupied by the Overlook. Oh, yeah, because it's stronger when they're children. Yeah. That's why they yeah. tend to go after the children. Yeah. And then, because they, yeah, they say they're like adults, you know, it gets corrupted or like polluted. or By booze. Yeah. But then Dan gets a visit at the hospice again from Dick Halloran. And he's like, no, no, Doc, you've got to help this little girl. That actor looks just like... Scatman Crothers? Scatman Crothers. Yeah. They did such a good job with casting the people the people to look like the originals. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. And <laughs> and of course, like I just said, he did mention Ka is a wheel, which is a quote from the Dark Tower. A lot of Dark Tower Easter eggs in this movie. Rose is now on search for Abra, finds her house, but gets trapped in her mind. Again, another, it's, it's round two of the psychic fight. It's like, so cool, too, because it looks like Rose is going through a filing cabinet with I her love brain. I and I loved that metaphor. I love her. I oh, love that. And so then in cool. Roses, it's like a huge library. Mm-hmm. And I love that they they put things places in their minds. Yeah, like it's like post-it notes. They're, yes. in, they're literally in each other's heads. Yeah. And it was a great like traveling sequence. Like I like that whole like how she, the just, flying. she was just flying. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of a little big Lebowski for like me. Like explorers. <laughs> you ruined it come bubbles everywhere <laughs> so after their after their big fight and like abra busts up rose's hand like rips it open oh yeah that was almost a degloving yeah it was <laughs> awesome it just showed how powerful she actually is rose comes back to find out that something's wrong with grandpa flick the big old guy lurch he's, he's cycling which is their way of dying He's also a fan again. He's yeah. in uh, Gerald's, Gerald's Game. game. And, it's um, not going to catch on. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, and uh, Snakebite Andy was like, I thought you said we were immortal. And I said, she's like, who told you that? Does someone promise you that, Andy? Does someone say you're immortal? I said, live long, eat well. We can live long, very long. And we do, most of us. We haven't been eating well. Not for a long time. But I love that. Let me ask you. Uh, once you go steam, you can't go back, right? No. You're forever no. steamy. Forever steamy. Forever steamy. So <laughs> this one guy is the reason why there's less and less steam. Because he's eaten all of the steam. Well, he's been around a long time. That's why I was thinking, like, why wouldn't they sacrifice him earlier? If he's just 
a steam. I think at one point I heard him say, of course you are. Because I know that they're family. They're family. But family. 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 (laughs) At that at that point, these people are so animalistic. I mean, it would just make more sense. Horny animals. Mm -hmm. Hungry and horny. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I do. But I also think, like... And then, yeah. And for all we know, Grandpa Flick, maybe she just has, like, a... Soft spot for him. Like, a paternal relation. Because, for all we know, he was the one that turned her. Yeah. Yeah. They they definitely fucked in the past, for sure. We don't know how old any of them are, other than Snake and Andy. Well, I mean, it's kind of... I didn't write this down, but when I was looking it up, like, apparently all their wardrobes were kind of indicative of what era they were from oh. like what they how so she they like returned. a 60s 1960s she no. went, she dressed as kind of hippy dippy i think she was more like a earlier than that because she was like irish it was like an irish emigre mm. oh. i can see that okay she was okay. kind of like a bohemian like in the 40s or something okay 40s and 50, you know oh, okay. okay that's but, interesting um, dan Decides, okay, yeah, since Halloran told him he had to help Abra, he gets Billy's help to go find the baseball boy. Which, so they go on a long drive to Illinois, or and, Iowa, I mean. And then you think to yourself, Billy is the best friend he could ever have. Billy's so nice. And they dig up the little boy. They dig up baseball boy. and So awful. They get his glove because one of the true not was like wearing it and touching it. So Abra was like, if I get that glove... I can track them. So they then go to Abra's house, which has a real funny scenario like, oh, you Uncle Dan? Because Abra told her parents about the abil- about her abilities and all this stuff, but the dad obviously doesn't believe it. He thinks that, you know, Ewan McGregor or Danny is just like a, a, a diddler. Pedo. They decide the, the knot is now after Abra because they know where she is now in like New Hampshire. Her house number is nine one nine eight zero, which is an homage to when The Shining was released. They decide, and uh, Crow Daddy convinces Rose to stay cake, home. Cake baby, I just keep thinking cake baby, <laughs> Crow Daddy. <laughs> I want to call him flies cake and crows, baby. but I'm just being racist. Oh so. my god, That's so funny! You make such good cakes, yeah. Crow Daddy. You got to get bacon again. <laughs> you got to start bacon again. <laughs> we got to start steaming again. Steaming. I'm, I got. God, baby. Steam baby. Find her crow daddy. <laughs> oh God. So, so yeah, Rose stays behind and the rest of the <clears throat> knot show up at a campsite where they think Abra is only to find out that she tricked them. And Dan and Billy are up in the woods. It's like a, it's like a sniper attack. Yeah. A, it's that scene from the Patriot with Mel yeah. Gibson. Oh, Aim small, so miss small. Aim small, yeah. miss small. They just light up the true knot. And this is graphic. They kill. I'm starting. I won't be none. They kill most of them. Snakebite Andy gets away oh. into the RV. So much steam. Goes yeah, the, to waste. the Stanley steamers are not bulletproof. The, um, they wound Andy. She's about to shoot. I hate this part. She's about to shoot Dan, but Billy takes her out. He doesn't actually kill her though. He like shoots her and sh- while she's cycling. Unfortunately, she uses her with her dying breath. Uses her abilities to tell Billy to kill himself. And he does. And RSVP Billy. That right under so the chin. Sad. Did not need to happen. Punches oh. his did, own no. ticket. It, it did didn't. not need to happen. I mean, respect Stephen. Um, well, no, that that's this is all Flanagan. This now. is Flanagan. This like, is Flanagan. That's not in the book. No, it's not in the book. Oh. In the this is this is where it veers again. All right, well, respect Mike, but that didn't need to happen. 
It's like, oh, you know what? It's not bleak enough. Here we go. Deleted. Yeah. And to make it even worse, (laughs) apparently it was all for naught because Crow Daddy wasn't there. Crow Daddy. Crow Daddy went to her house, Abra's house, where Abra was, killed her dad. Which that's different from the book, too. Yeah. The parents live the whole movie. They kill the dad, takes Abra... And now they're heading. He's heading Did back. Did they throw to Rose. a pokeball? Danny then uses his shine to try and find Abra, and has a confrontation with Crow Daddy. In Crow the Daddy, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and this is a really great part. He's like, "Yeah, you think you're gonna fucking live forever, and that's why you don't wear your seatbelt." And wrecks the van, and Crow Daddy gets ejected. Yeah, and she Rose screams because mm-hmm. she's not there because she can't. She's lost she everyone. Can't be there. She's lost her entire family now. Yeah, so she's she's just gone full tilt. She opens up all the remaining steam canisters. Oh, she's she eats everything. She's, yep, she's steam drunk and she, she wants cracks to get, open the old pope. She's never felt so good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of those topic jars man. was Jimmy Hoffa. Dan reunites with Abra physically now. He decides he's going to take. Because Rose is coming after them. He knows Rose is coming after them. They are going to go to a place that he thinks can help them. Because if it's dangerous for him and Abra, it must be dangerous for Rose. The Overlook. They're going back to the Overlook. So they have to drive all the way to Colorado. On the way, because they're driving there. And this was a really fun... They recreate the scene. Well, no, they actually just reuse the the shots. Oh, that's good. What they did, they just you they reuse the aerial shots. All they did was they um, they made it darker and they degrained, recolored as like day for night, and digitally added snow. Okay. I really that, like that. But those are, I like that too. Those that's are cool. yeah, literally they are the same shots from Kubrick's movie. I think Aww. that's fucking awesome. And Dan tells Abra to stay in the car, keep an eye out for Rose while he goes to wake up the Overlook. He's gotta wake her up. Mm-hmm. The exterior entrance of the Overlook Hotel was built on a soundstage in Georgia. It was film filled with fake snow, and the set was extended digitally. Didn't you go? To I've been to the hotel. I want to that they use for the exterior. Show. I've been to the hotel. It's in Oregon um, yeah. that they use for the exterior overlook for the original Shining. Is it? What's creepy? the one in Colorado? That's the that's the Stanley Hotel. That's the hotel that inspired Stephen King to write the book. That's where he was when he got the. That's where he was staying when he got the inspiration to write The Shining. Okay, but the. Movie exterior shots were filmed in Oregon, and the Stanley Hotel is the one that's haunted and is yeah the, used for like tourism now. It's a beautiful hotel. And your brother, it's forty minutes from where your brother lives. He yeah, I think I think he's been there. It's it's notoriously haunted. Yeah, yeah. Is it and, just a floating, decrepit geriatric no, it's beautiful. bush? Beautiful, floating down the hallway or like oh what's the, the ghost? Yeah. There's one room apparently you can stay in where you're basically guaranteed supernatural activity. I want to go there and I want to stay in a haunted hotel. You can stay in the room where Stanley, where Stephen King stayed. It's called the Stephen King room. And then also um, Flanagan painstakingly recreated the sets of the Overlook Hotel from blueprints acquired from Stanley. You'd have to. From Kubrick's estate. So Dan's walk in the halls. He gets flashbacks of the last time he was there. Like he sees... The plate, the room he stayed in with his folks. Yeah, all the and red it, rum and yeah, the door. And it, cul- yeah. it culminates with Flan- uh, Flanagan recreated the iconic bar scene, but instead of Jack drinking, it's Danny drinking, and Jack Torrance is the bartender, played by 
Elliot. Henry Thomas from E.T., who is... A fan again. A fan again. <laughs> it's not happening. It is. Uh, it's it's growing it's on fetch. me. It's fetch. It's fetch. It's going to happen. It's not going to catch on. It's going to happen. You got you to gotta put hashtag... Hashtag fan Hashtag fan. Henry Thomas that. is in a lot. Is in almost all of of uh, yeah. his stuff. He's great. I really, it's it's he it, looks really good in it too. And he's yeah, he looks just like Jack, I think. And Rose shows up, and she's there, and she's starting to see visions of the Overlook. They meet up together in the in the big room where you know all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. where uh, he was working, and again a psychic fight ensues. Rose thinks that she's in Abra's head, but it's actually Dan's. They're trying to trick her and catch her in a box. But instead, what then Dan does is he opens up all of his boxes in his head, which unleashes all the ghosts that have been coming after him from the Overlook. From the Overlook, yeah. And they rip apart Rose the Hat. and Well, she's the strongest shine. Or she's the sh- the shine they've been looking for. Well, she's full no, of steam. She's just there. She's extra steamy right now. She's just there. She's super steamy, and they're super hungry. They're and, they're hungry, and uh, you know, of course, they're terrified of Dan because Dan put them in a box. So they're going after her. It's got to feed the monsters. No big deal. But then now they're all there. They possess Dan, and he's basically turned ge- into his father. He's turned into his father, even. With the limp and everything, because he took an axe, he took a wound to the the axe to the leg, and racing after Abra, just like in The Shining, he tells Abra to leave because beforehand he told her that he was going first. He was going down to the boiler room. He turned that on, so he's blowing up the Overlook. Regardless, she gets out. Overlook yeah. blow it burns down. We think that Dan gets out because. Then they're sitting in um, they're sitting in Abra's room and they're talking and he's just like saying, "I told you when I first met you, I told you that you should hide, that you should keep your head down, keep your shine out of sight." But I was wrong. Shine on, Abra Stone. And then the mom the mom opens the door and she's like. Who are you talking to? Yeah. Dan's dead. RSVP Dan. RSVP. Which, of course, again, is a big difference movie and book because he didn't die at the end of the the book. They killed all the, you know, True Knot at the RV park that was the Overlook. And then he gets his... They're all there to get a big chip. You know, they're all there to support him at an AA meeting because he gets like a, a milestone chip or something. Okay. I don't mind the change, to be honest. No, I don't either. It was no. It was again. I think this was very well done. It didn't follow the book exactly, but I think it's the ending that Stephen King wanted for The Shining, which because that is how yeah. The Shining ends. Yeah, The Shining. The blo- hotel blows up. Like that is how the 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 movie he hates so much should have ended. And I do like the last thing Abra says to her mom that they they're still here. They or yeah, they, we, they yeah. live on. We live on. We live on, and he's fine, and so is Daddy. Yeah, I like that. Oh few more fun facts. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of Dark Tower references in this movie. Uh, the bus line that Danny and Abra take is called the Tet Line. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Baseball Boy's number is 19, which is a big deal. Gah. The place where one of the True Knots victims, or uh, the place where they kill him is Lamerck Industries, which is a big mm-hmm. Dark Tower mm-hmm. reference. They're like a bad company that's owned by evil people. It's like Umbrella Corp. Okay. And uh, 
Dick O'Halloran or Dick Halloran reverse or refers to Ka as a wheel. Ka is a big thing in the Dark Tower. And Danny Lloyd, the kid that played the original Danny in the Kubrick film, hasn't acted since the original Shining, but did have a brief cameo in this movie. Really? He was he was one of the bystanders at Teeny Town, like when Abra showed up <laughs> to meet, oh. to meet uh, well, he was probably so traumatized from Kubrick just like Shelley Duvall was. Well, I mean, well actually he didn't no. scream at him. There's a real there's he did. No, he didn't. There's a there was I read this article once where um Dan didn't the kid didn't even know he was making a horror movie. He just thought it was a nice movie about a family in a hotel. Oh, it's a Wes Anderson movie. So <laughs> and he was Kubrick was very nice to him, but what he God. made up for being a bastard to Shelley Duvall by the yeah. So it's very method. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, that was that was my movie. So let's uh go around the room. Pass fail. Allie. Pass. I really like this movie. And not just because it's Mike Flanagan. I think everyone's really good in it. I love Rebecca Ferguson. And I just, yeah, I just think it's it's really good. It's a really, really good adaptation. Pass. Guido. I will pass. I will pass this steamy movie. Steamy. It's okay. so steamy. It's so steamy. long and, and hard. Did and it feel steamy. long? Did it feel like two and a half hours? Well, at the end it did. Okay. But not until I got there. Tammy? So. I'm going to pass. Yay! It, it was really, really, really good. I enjoyed all, all of it. Uh, I did not enjoy the child being killed, of course, because that's Neither did awful. He. No. But I even more so enjoyed all of your fun facts about the book and all of the little tidbits with Mike Flanagan. Um, and his adaptation of it. So that. So you're saying you're a fan again. I feel like you're a hashtag fan again. (laughs) Hashtag fan again. Yeah. So that that made me love, made me really want to read the book now. I feel like that should be the title of the episode. Hashtag fan again. You, no, I am now a fan again, again, again. Fan again, again, again. No, I really do recommend it. <laughs> or so steamy. Because I, uh, I honestly do think um, the book is one of his. Steamy fan again. Ooh. A.K.A. Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Dr. Sleep is one of those ones where I thought it was really good. Yeah. Read The Shining first, though. Shining's my favorite okay. Stephen King book. So. I'm still working on um, Stephen King's mini books based on. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the Earth and Kittens. Oh. oh, God. What are these called? The um, Novellas? Short no, stories? No, it, it's called like uh, The Seasons or something. Are they written by Stephen King? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Different seasons. Oh, yeah. There's four One, um, one of his short story novellas. collections, yeah. yeah. So the first two are, the first one is all about them in Shawshank and him getting out. The second one is Red getting out. Cool. And finding... The, the black stone and the note. And then I'm on the, the third one now, which is odd because it starts off with these little boys like playing outside. So that's so, where I'm at. Wait, Jesus. So quad pro quo or Tammy quid pro quo, does that mean you're making us watch Shawshank Redemption for Please Stephen no. King? Come on, I can't. Oh, no. Oh, I have God. a much better snack oh, for you. God. So it's Halloween month and Shawshank just isn't a scary Stephen King book. So I decided what better one for Tammy to do than one of a girl coming of age and getting a visit from Aunt Flo for the first time. 
We oh. are doing this uh, one of the actually Stephen King's first uh, published novel. Novel, yeah. This movie was made uh, and released in 1976. It is directed by Brian De Palma. It's starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, Amy Irving, and this is John Travolta's first. Oh my god! Major oh film. Oh my god! Uh, we're gonna talk about Carrie. And you can watch Carrie on Max. Yes. Revenge of the Sanguine Snatch. Gross. Sanguine <laughs> Snatch. Interesting. All right. All right. Great. Thank you, Matt. Well, we are at Quad Pro Quo Pod across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we are part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can find out more about us and the other podcasts on the network at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Featured podcasts for the month of October are The Graveyard Club and Terror Tuesday. You can suggest a theme month by messaging us on social media or submitting on our website. And please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next week, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.